Hi, this is DiCarlo, and you are tuned in to All Flavors Radio with Wimbo and Natural Lily on the Drive Time Show from 6 p.m. to 8. Don't be late. Do you know the best project you'll ever work on? Just in case you didn't know, the best project you'll ever work on is you. Pleasant good evening to you beautiful all flavors land. How are you all doing today? Just thought that we would give you that beautiful dulcet tones of Rochelle Farrell and to open up the show with something phenomenal because she really is quite an amazing singer that we have to kind of sit back and listen to. I am Wimbo77. And I'm naturally Lily. Um, I am naturally Lily. You are naturally Lily. I got it right today, Lily. You did. You did. <laughs> we we didn't um, switch bodies today. Yes, I didn't fault. I didn't fault it there. <laughs> yes. Yes, DiCarlo, it was a, an amazing, wicked tune indeed. And that whole album, I think it's that one is called. Um, is it reflections of a? Let me just find out what that album is. Oh, it's that one's called Individuality, and it is the most one of them, and that's definitely in my top ten. An amazing, amazing album. Mm-hmm. That's Michelle Farrell Individuality. Really, really good, really good one. So today, today we are have a lot to be going on with. But our our question of the day, or the audience question, is: What does it mean to be black enough? Now, we're going to be looking at that a little bit later on because it was in regards to an article that was written about someone very dear and who's making waves as a, a black artist. And this was a question that was thrown out. So we're going to be looking at that a little bit later. But as regards to our national day, today's national day is, what is it, Lily? National Storytelling Day. Yeah, National Teller Story Day. And I thought I found that quite um, amazing. I mean, it is set in the United States. As everything usually is. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But like I said last time, if you come up with the day, if you come up with the day, then you can put something on the board as well. So try yes. and try think about that. But Na- National Tell a Story Day, it encourages people of all ages to share stories. Yeah, to share stories and to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Tell stories. And it says you can read from a brook or create one from your imagination. Stories recreated from childhood memory leave an indelible imprint on both the storyteller and the listener. Do you like telling stories, Leish? Sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes. Depends on, it depends on the story. Right. But I do like a, a, a good, meaty read a bit of conversational story you know yeah <laughs> no i do like i do like a good read i love telling stories as you know mm-hmm. i am a writer mm-hmm. so i have quite a few and my latest installment well apart from the one on how to write a or how to do a podcast 2020 that was my last book mm-hmm. but the one before that which is a children's book called hassan in the time machine mm-hmm. 
and uh, a lot of my books are based on history, mm-hmm. on real history, but it's got fiction all the way through it. So Hassani, he goes to Jamaica. I'll tell a little bit of a story as soon as it is National Story. Tell a story <laughs> day, okay? So Hassani goes to Jamaica because his uncle Sal is ill. Mm-hmm. So they got travel to uh, travel abroad just to go and see him, look out for him. Mm-hmm. But he comes across, so they travel there. And obviously Jamaica, all the sights, the sounds, the smells, you know, incorporate all that stuff. But he meets an uncle that lives or doesn't live in the barn. He has a barn at the back of the land, Mm -hmm. of their piece of land. Mm -hmm. But lo and behold, it's a laboratory. And when he goes in, he sees this thing, this huge uh, item in the corner. Mm -hmm. And he asks his uncle, well... What's behind the sheet? Why are you hiding it? Mm. So they pull the sheet down and it's a time machine, a shiny time machine. And there's a, a nemesis. Mm. His name is Dr. Select, okay. who's after the time machine. Now, they did used to work together, mm-hmm. but he got he was underhanded. Mm. So um, Egbert Green, who is the, um, the um, uncle, mm-hmm. he ratted him out to the, the government so they took away all of his rights, all of his rights, and basically the, the rest is history. He they nemesis. He becomes a nemesis, then they, they go in the, the machine, which is one on horse poop and water. <laughs> yes, and okay. peanut, peanut shells. Okay, nice. And yeah, they, they just travel through time, through time continuum but end up at the beginning of time. Nice. And where can we find the book? Oh, that's... that's. <laughs> Sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> because you don't want to read the whole that's true. book. You want people to go, ooh, that's what the taste buds are Yes, tab. yes, yes. Where can we find Hassani and the Time Machine? We can find it on Amazon. Right, so it's called Hassani and the Time Machine, and it's obviously written by Natasha John-Baptiste. And soon as it is National Teller Story Day... Yeah, I just thought that I would just throw that little one in there because, <laughs> yes, I am a storyteller yes, and the story has one. got to be told. But what's great about this one, Lily, is that they highlight that we can tell stories about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, so what about you? What stories do you have inside of you? Because all of us, each and every one of us, has a story inside of us. I <clears throat> have actually written a book myself. Oh, awesome. <laughs> no, it's like a little really mini-series and I started writing it um, because I have really, I have a lot of experiences as a mother and some are funny, some are just relatable and others, I just was having a moment so I needed to get it out of my head and onto, just out of my head and it ended up on paper or on the tablet. Um, and I, yeah i made it into a book and it was funny because it's been sitting there for ages it's not that long it's just a couple of chapters and um my brother's partner has also written a book and she Mm. posted it on a app called Wattpad. yeah and i thought oh this is interesting why not why not why not just go and publish my book on there um so i did i took all the chapters and um Yeah, Kale put them all together and I put them on uh, this Wattpad. Awesome, brilliant. So that's another 
great fact that there are mediums that we can mm. write to. I'm, I'm again, sorry guys. Yes, I'm going to be doing a lot of self promotion tonight. <laughs> why not? Um, I'm doing a course uh, on the 22nd of May mm-hmm. on how to write an ebook. Yeah. How to get your ebook out there in the public domain mm-hmm. and what the steps are as to you know the why it's important mm-hmm. because there are three mediums that well, yeah, there are three mediums in which we can publish a book. And that is obviously, okay, well, you sign up to the course and you can... <laughs> You'll <laughs> you find out. You'll find out, yeah. So there, too many freebies. There, <laughs> there, are, there are ways to go about it. Mm, mm, and mm. now with the, the world, not you know, before you used to have to approach a publisher yeah. and go for a whole rigmarole, mm. now you can actually, from start to finish, like you said, on platforms like Wattpad, mm on other platforms create your own masterpiece yeah. and get it out there to the public without the middleman well E.L. James she was self-published wasn't she and she yes ended up her book and her books ended up turning into a three-part movie series so mm. you know you can there's loads of with loads of things nowadays though you can you can go go it alone yeah you know um when it comes to things uh, entrepreneurship and um, starting businesses, writing, teaching. Mm. Um, there's loads of ways to start on your own. I mean, eventually you may end up having to pair up with someone or, or with a group of people, but you can start many things by yourself. Mm. And eventually, like a publisher mm. or publi- publishing house would like would pick it up. Mm. Because I recall um, getting a call from a publishing house, but then you've got to be very careful yeah. as well because there's lots of vanity publishers, people that just want to... I know Take lots that, that publish on um, publish on Amazon, for instance, but they do it through the... A bit like the T-shirt business, Leash, um, print-on-demand. Oh, yeah, dropshipping. Right, so the, the published author yeah. won't see any of that capital. Mm. Whereas when you put it out by yourself then you will see some form of capital coming mm. through. And that's really what we want. Normally, with a publisher, they'll give you uh, they give you an advance. Mm-hmm. You write, and then you'd sell books. Mm. That's, a, that's the traditional way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So we are speaking about National Tell a Story Day today, beautiful people. And like I say, there is a story in all of us. So how do we celebrate? How do we observe this National Tell a Story Day, Lily? So how to observe hashtag National Tell a Story Day. Libraries around the country participate in the day. Mm-hmm. They offer special story t- storytelling times for children. Do you have a story to tell? It does not matter if a story is short, is a short story or a long story. Fiction or non-fiction, a tale a tall tale or a fo- or folklore. Seek the storytellers in your life and encourage them to regale you with their stories. As you listen, record them in some way. This is a day for them all. Um, and I know it said libraries and we don't really have many libraries that are open at the moment because mm. um, obviously this is in America. However, I like the part there where it says find someone who has a story to tell. Yeah. Um, I really used to enjoy sitting down and listening to Grandad Cecil tell stories when yeah. he was um, in Jamaica and then when he came here. Um, so it might just be, you know, getting an, an interesting story from a family member. Yeah. And, I don't know, doing an Instagram story on, oh, guess what I found out today, guys, you know, and then hashtagging National Tell a Story Day. Yeah, because I, I remember Grandad speaking about that, about I never knew that he made ukuleles, mm. for instance, but he did. Yeah. And he'd, 
he could tell a story. He really told it in such a wonderful way. He had yeah. you engaged and he held you there and you're just like, oh, granddad. And the yeah. eyes like, you know, there staring up <laughs> at him. <laughs> enthralled by what he had to say. Yeah. And that's what it's all about when it comes to telling stories. So what about you out there, beautiful people? How do you go about telling stories? Do you have a story within you to tell? I'm sure you do. So let us know. Give us a shout. 07895 134 713. That's 07895 134 713. So hashtag National Teller Story Day. I thought that was really great. Mm. Really, really great. Yeah. And it says, one of the points there, it says, engage your audience, invite them to participate too. Mm-hmm. Be sure to give your characters their own voice. So, again, when it comes to building characters, like Hassan was a young boy, he yeah. had a vivid imagination, and his imagination turned into something that was real because, you know, they went time travelling. Mm. Or, you know, I always say you have we uh, antagonist, protagonist, the antagonist, protagonist is the the hero of the story mm-hmm. your antagonist is a per- like dr select he was like there running after chasing after them through the through time mm. and really building on those things as well so yeah. and it also says get physical body movements give your stories extra impact you'll capture your audience's attention mm-hmm. you'll also bring your story to life mm-hmm. and then ask your audience questions well obviously in this time it's a bit hard to do that mm. um, but I know recently that I'd done this um, it was a sat- Saturday school the lady's name is Marcia she does yeah. a Saturday school in she's from Birmingham mm-hmm. but she ran a Saturday school over the half term mm-hmm. and she she got lots of readers um, authors and so forth in the, the children were amazing yeah. they were amazing and the way that you you could engage them in storytelling mm. but their passion to tell stories as well because we had a little girl on and she highlighted that she, oh I want to be an author what do I have to do oh, so wow. you know it's again like what we spoke about last week that black excellence yeah and instilling these things in the youngsters right nurturing their mm. talents nurturing the, the amazing things about them mm-hmm. and then they, they too will go on to do really great things yeah so Today in history, then, Lily. Beethoven's Für Elise. Yes. I say it was released, like, you know, <laughs> record that you hear on top 10. Yeah. Um, Probably back in their day. Yeah. Was. But uh, Beethoven was a. Uh, I'm sure many people know who Beethoven was, but he was mm. a classical. Um, composer yeah and his full name was ludwig van beethoven just play that in the background while we're we're talking Uh, so people know what it is this is for elise it is composed um i'm sorry i haven't got you reading here now on today it's one of his most popular pieces it was lost and not rediscovered until 40 years after his death wow it is German. Uh, Für Elise is German for, obviously, for Elise. Yes. <clears throat> the identity of Elise has never been fully determined. Some speculate it may refer to Beethoven's 18-year-old student, Theresa Malfatti, whom Beethoven supposedly proposed to in 1810, because um, this was composed in 1810. Mm-hmm. Others think that it may have been Beethoven's 17-year-old friend, the German soprano singer, Elizabeth Ruckel. Yeah. 
So interesting. What I what I find fascinating is that it was written all of those years ago. Yeah. And still, it's just. It's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. That's why they call them classical songs, I guess. Mm. Right, so I thought it would be lovely just to um, highlight um, Beethoven's Fair Elise, that today that it was composed. But that's amazing that it was discovered, or it wasn't discovered until 40 years after his death. Mm. Do you think that the, the composers used to write the date on which they composed it? I'm sure they must have. Sign, sign your work off. Mm. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I know a lot of the composers got their um, work stolen. Mm. So there is a, I think it's the Requiem by Mozart. And he wrote that for himself to be played at his mm. passing. Um, and I think the second half of it is written by someone else because they put a claim on it. And you can hear, I'm sure it's, it's Requiem because he was in... Um, he had like a nemesis back in those days. Someone okay. who was against him. Yeah. Um, Do we know who it was? Who that was? I can't remember who it was. I can't remember the name. And I, I'm sure it is Wetcombe. And you can clearly hear a difference in the toning of the song from the first half to the second half. Wow. Yeah. See? And this is it. It's a bit like um, we were speaking earlier on today about our friend mm. that we've spoken of a few times <laughs> uh, Kanye and how he all of the, the rappers have their style like we said DMX he had his style yeah. everyone has their style of doing things so yeah. you can tell when there's something's a, a, bit, a off bit off when it comes to that but yeah. there you go yeah Beethoven's Fairly so I just play that in the background so everyone is um, aware of what that that track was and really yeah just giving homage to him mm. it, um, composing that amazing piece of music back in april the, today april the 27th but in 1810 mm. yeah so i'm amazing. just trying to find out who um who mozart's uh, nemesis was i'll find you it's milos format oh no 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 it wasn't that person i know th th that's talking about the film amadeus yeah, we'll find it. Yeah, we'll find out who the who his nemesis was, and we'll let you know. So beautiful people, um, we're going to look at quickly the word word of the day. Then we'll go to a break, and the word of the day is rococo. 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 Can anyone tell <laughs> us what that word means? And um, let us know what you think. Um, rococo. What that word is, and we'll we'll let you know once we've um, gone to break. So, yeah, the word of the day, Rococo, the national day today is Tell a Story Day. And um, what else was the breaking news was that Fair Elise was produced or on this day, the 27th of April, 1810. 18, See you in five. Stay there. We'll be back after these. My name's Phil. My name's John. I'm 19 years old. I'm 19 too. I've got leukaemia. I've got leukaemia. Chemotherapy didn't work on me, nor did radiotherapy. They didn't work for me either. So now, a bone marrow transplant's my last hope. It's my last hope too. <laughs> they found me a matching donor. They can't find a donor for me. I'm white. I'm black. I'm having the transplant next week that could save my life. 
there are 24 times more white people than black on the UK bone marrow register. If you're black or mixed race, join the register today. Visit ACLT.org and see how you could be the one to save a life. ACLT, unite to fight leukemia. Raw View Music presents Alicia Banks on Upfront, a seven-track compilation, including the hit Love Has Found Its Way. Love Has Found Its Way. In our hearts today yeah. Soul Tree Clear and upfront. Up in our hearts today Up front Now available on iTunes and all major digital platforms Download and stream Love Has Found Its Way and the EP Upfront today at rawvuemusic.com, iTunes, or your preferred online platform. Alicia Banks on Upfront. Different, 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 different tastes of music. Makes no difference what you like. If you want it, we got it right here. Allflavorsradio.com, the number one radio station on the net. Reaching 179 countries in the world with the best variety of music. This is the stranger. Have your Okay, so that was the sounds of first Al Giroux, morning, as well as Denise Williams, it's your conscious, conscience, is it conscience? Conscience. Conscience, <laughs> not conscious. Okay, so that's two different, totally different things. And going to the word of the day, Rococo. Rococo, so what does Rococo mean? Rococo. Um, it means, well, I know it from... When I had done a art and design course, mm-hmm. that it was to do with a period of time when it came to um, art, when it came to design furniture, okay. <coughs> Rococo. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it was an artistic style, especially from the 18th century. Now, I don't know if Baroque came after that. I think it was before Baroque, Rococo. No, and it then was after Baroque. Oh, was it after Baroque? Because it says in the 18th century, French artists rebelled against the ponderous, mm. ponderousness of Baroque style and began okay. to create light, delicate interior decorations, furniture and architectural elements characterised by fanciful curved asymmetrical forms and elaborate ornaments. Yeah, but I just love the wording more. of that. Yeah. This sounds very... Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> it does. But it was just both as outrageous as... The, each other okay yeah and even with the um like the piano wasn't the piano because it was a harpsichord and it evolved into mm, what we see today mm, as a piano mm, so yeah. it's smaller and then it evolved but yeah it was a, a time of um ornate and intricate design yeah i'd say so that's what the word of today is is rococo and we will try Say Rococo. 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 <laughs> Do you think that's how they would have said it though? Yes. <laughs> I see flamboyance in this. I see, I know it's intricate and delicate, but I see the French. This is French. We say Rococo. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, so dear. we will try and slip that word 
into something that we will oh, be into a sentence. Goodness. Okay. All right. So it might have to relate to the storytelling, the <laughs> National Storytelling Day. We'll see. Okay. But that's we'll have to try and um, slip that in somehow. Or if someone in the chat room, one of you guys, can slip that into one of your answers or a sentence. Well, who knows? You might um, be up for winning something on the station tonight. We've got to think about that one, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Rococo. 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 Okay, no. so in breaking news today, Lily. Mm, yeah. You know, we've got one sad and one happy one. So, I think we'll start with the father that pays tribute to his hero son who died after saving a woman from the Thames. Now, let's just confirm a few things. It wasn't just a random woman, it was actually his friend. Okay. Um, which I think makes this even more sad is the fact that um, would he have done the same thing for just someone he might have been passing by? Maybe he would have. It was someone um, that, that, that was just passing by. It was, but he, said he, he was, was with his, his friend. friend. He was with his friend. And they saw a woman enter the water. Oh, I read that so wrong. Yeah, they saw a woman enter the water. He and a friend entered the yeah, river. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, he said they saw her falling from London Bridge. I mean, how you fall from London Bridge? Fall, well, maybe, maybe they'd come out of lockdown. I mean, it was at midnight and she had had one too many because they'd not been able to, to meet up with friends and so forth. But then you'd wonder why is she walking along the bridge on her own at that time of night as well? And those walls are quite high up. Yes. So, so mm. I make that walk. On a daily, I don't okay. want to stand anywhere near the wall when I'm walking. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, it just it, it works. It's on high. Anxiety. It's high it up works on anxiety. Yeah. Um, so it so says she yeah. fell in the fell from London Bridge. I mean, that's quite a long jump down as well. So they high. must have jumped in after her then. Yeah. And then, yeah, it says they entered the water to try and assist the woman. So the Coast Guard and the Metropolitan Police, Police Marine, managed to rescue. Flammy's friend and the woman however they could not find him and then he came he was found uh, after a six hour intensive sorry a body that is believed mm. to be um olubumi and willis was found following a six hour intensive search mm. but it's just the words that his dad uses to describe him he says that he he says he is my hero yeah and always will be and he wants him to be remembered for the amazing thing that he's done um at such a young age he was only 20 um but that has given so much meaning to his life because it shows for one he had a great upbringing the fact that he basically risked his life for Mm. someone he didn't know um and it it says something about the friend as well because the friend obviously went in there as well yeah they both did um but obviously he did not make it and mm. the woman did yeah let's hope that she it was an accident and that she's not going to live with the guilt of these young boys going in after her to save her life and sadly one loses theirs mm. in order to to rescue someone else's and it says they were touched by the story and they've paid tribute to his kindness and selflessness now, it's funny because I had an interview today, radio interview, mm-hmm. and uh, the Maverick, he asked me the question, do you have any heroes? Mm. And I really had to think about that one. And I said, my heroes are the everyday heroes, mm. the unsung heroes. 
like we see all of the stars out there doing their thing and maybe some of them do things for charity they do things within their rights mm. but it's the unsung heroes that are doing things like this young fellow I had I've not looked into uh, the voice I saw this in the voice um, I would have known about it mm. so just in my researches I've come across this young man yeah, it has been in the news has it been in the news they were, they were talking about it in the office today so. okay so I, I obviously I, I'm not yeah. really a news watcher so I do need to to read these things while they, and it was sad that Olu Bonmi, Adewale's family, they've, they've started a fundraising page. Mm. And possibly, you know, these are the, the heroes whose voice or whose names need to be out there. And we need to be celebrating these people that risk life and limb in mm. order to help others. And it's likewise with those around us do we see our nearest and dearest as heroes mm. as the things that they they step out to do for others mm. are we doing things for others you know in the sense of not to this capacity of jumping into the river thames and saving someone's life mm. because the river thames is very choppy as well very choppy. I, i've done national rescue lifeguarding but would I be be able to do that? I'm not too sure. I feel like he was most probably a um, medic. Do you think so? Just because it's midnight or it's very, very late at night mm. and he was leaving work and a hospital was right there. You've got the London Bridge Hospital. Mm. You've got another private hospital up the road and you've got... Um, Guy's hospital around the corner. So I wonder if he was maybe a medic or something. It doesn't really say regards to what he did. And I guess his father... Because even after you finish work, you just want to go home. Yeah. It's the last thing. But you see someone that's in distress. Now you could do one of two things. Mm. Or you can do one of three things. Fight, flight or freeze. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they chose to fight in the sense of fighting to save someone mm. um would we have done that in the, if we had been in the same situation i'm just going to be i wouldn't have been jumping in there mm. I'm a, i have a fear of large bodies of water as it is yeah I, but i would have panicked yeah and tried to get help but then obviously they must but. have had uh had what's the word confidence in the way that they swam yeah maybe they were good at when it comes to swimming yeah or just seeing someone i mean if you can't swim you're not going to jump in are you yeah Mm. so she was saved and the father of aduele says that his son deserves a bravery medal Mm. and i fully agree with that i think that he does deserve Mm. a medal because doing that is amazing yeah very amazing yeah going and saving someone else's life and I mean our, our NHS staff are doing that on a daily basis as well but not in such a capacity well, I've, I've got um, staff that have gone through some serious serious times the last over the last year mm. that at the moment they are my unsung heroes because I feel like they have been put in a position where this is not what we've trained for mm. and literally have been flung in the deep end yeah so they're, they're at the moment there's a few people that i look at and i'm like yeah you just you sh-. medals yeah bravery medals Braver and what medals. Are beautiful people who are your unsung heroes who are your heroes 
Let us know. 07895-134-713. That's 07895-134-713. So on the back of something sad with his father pays tribute to his hero son who died after saving this woman from the Thames, we have an Oscar winner mm. and, and Black Excellence going there. Black Excellence again. And this is Daniel Kaluuya. Kalua. Kalua. Right, you say his name a lot better than I do, Lily. And he's... <laughs> if, if my Ugandan friend heard that, she must have been like, no, he's not. Because he's from Uganda. But yeah. Uh, so it's amazing because he won a Golden Globe earlier on in the year. We spoke about yes, him, didn't we? Did. we? Along with um, John... Oh, let's forget, forget his name. Boyega. Boyega. Brother Boyega and the mm. other um, sister and brother of um, Chadwick Boseman mm, of Excellence. Mm, mm, but mm, Daniel mm. Kalea... Kalua. Kalua, sorry. He has won supporting act, Best Supporting Actor uh, an Oscar. Wow. And a friend of a couple of friends of mine sent that over mm. um, to, today. Um, I saw this one, although I saw this one, it was on a black history website. Mm-hmm. And this was the news that was up there. And it's amazing. I really want to watch this film. What's the film? Because this is this he's won a lot of accolades because of this film Judas and Judas and the Black Messiah, mm. um, and it says that uh, he starred. It was made in twenty twenty. He starred as a revolutionary socialist, Fred Hampton, in the biographical drama, mm. and his performance in the film was lauded by critics. Um, so where can we catch this film? Then where can we get it? I. Th- I think it's on Netflix, but I'm not sure. I've not seen it going Google. through, but I have to. I'll have to type that um, title in: Judas and the Black Messiah. That's what he won it for, and he lived in Camden, just up the road. He went in Kalua. Yeah, yeah. Camden to Hollywood. It said from Camden to Hollywood. So wow. beautiful people. It it's out there for us. We can reach out. And grab these things. It says he was born in London to Ugandan parents. Yeah. His mother's Damalia, Damali, raised him on a council estate in Camden. I wonder what council estate that was then. I don't know of much. There are a few. Camden's not a very nice area. No. No. But then it's very chic and niche. Yeah, there's just two sides to it, isn't it? There's the aesthetic side and there's yeah. the what's actually going on in Camden side very I guess. true very true because I know that um, Ken used to work in Islington mm. and he said it's very it's I mean although although I must say the last time I drove through there because London is changing rapidly mm-hmm. as we speak uh, it looked very very different so they've kind of modernised it a little bit and um, yeah so just because you paint over the damp doesn't mean the damp's not there. Wow, Lily, that's deep. And there is it's really deep. <laughs> Do you hear what I said, guys? Just because you paint over the damp doesn't mean the damp's not there. Very I feel true. like aesthetically they're improving um, London. London. But the issues the issues that are going on in London is the damp that's still there. Yeah. It's not been treated. The homelessness wow. Oh, yeah, there's loads of flats going up. There's loads of homes. But um, it's not for the homeless. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yes, Camden's always kind of been chic, different, boho, edgy, you know. It's it's that kind of place. But I'm sure for those people that were raised in Camden, they see a completely different side than... um, 
the rest of the the visitors mm, let's say yes. the visitors to Camden Market because they people just tend to go to Camden Market very true um, and Cuban it's <laughs> Cuban it's the salsa place is it still there I wonder if any of these businesses it's still, still there. up and running yeah it's still there it's still in the back wow and I, I used to go to um, there was a a black restaurant there oh. I've sang there a couple of times um, what's the name of the restaurant Charlie no, 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 I can't remember. If anyone knows that the, there's a, a restaurant, a black restaurant in Camden as well, but that's on the further side towards the stables. No. Cottons, 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 yeah. Mm. So, a lot but, going yeah. in there. But Kalua, he came from Camden. Like it says, a housing estate. And um, the video that I saw when he was celebrating, his house looked really nice. What, his Camden house? I don't know if it was in Camden. It's wherever they were celebrating with his brothers. It was so of nice course. watching it. It was just like, of course. go. Good for you. Go, go, go. He deserves it. Absolutely. Deserves and it. this is the thing. It's hard work. It, things don't just come so free and easy mm. as well. Sometimes I've heard the, the saying, a quick buck. Mm. I don't think that that exists. And if it does for somebody, that's amazing if they can, can do that. Mm. But lots of hard graft, sweat and tears, I'm sure, <laughs> that he's had to go for to get an Oscar. Yeah. Remember, we said there was only 19 that had actually, 19 people that had actually received one yeah. since, when is it, 1929 or something? Yeah. So, well done. Well done, Daniel Kalua. Yeah, he says he gained further acclaim. So he's done, like, um, some things for the BBC. Mm series called Psychoville as well as further acclaim for 15 million merits have you seen any of these films Leish? I really don't there's know one film that I saw him in and I turned it off because I didn't like <laughs> I get really funny oh. when I see certain people acting in certain parts so I didn't stick with it that's who he is oh my goodness really all this time we didn't know who Daniel Kaluuya is. The guy no. from Get Out. Yes, I've just seen it. Like, Get Out. Get Out. I'm That's embarrassed. A, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know all this time. <laughs> I didn't know who, at least you know me. It's because the only person you know is your boy, John Boyega. <laughs> like, oh, my darling. Oh, you just made me so proud. No, no boys, Kojo. <laughs> UK. No, he's not UK. He's not UK. Or oh, oh, Idris. Idris, who we're going to be talking about, Idris, Mr. very, Alba. very soon, beautiful people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so he was the guy from Get Out. Yeah, he's Get Out. Oh, he was a very good actor. Yeah, he is. Well done. That that makes it even more um, real in my mind as to who he is, because <laughs> so beautiful people, I'm really not keyed up. Like I said, my heroes are the local heroes, people that are doing in my, things in my community that mm. you can see that are making a difference. But obviously, beautiful brothers like this, are out there making their mark and making the way for young black people, young black boys, young black men, young black women, young black girls mm. to come up and make a difference in life. Yeah, I do find actually that a lot of people from my generation, my school generation have in the UK mm. have done very well for themselves when it comes to the music industry, um, the act, uh, the movie industry, mm. that kind of thing. Um, they really have shown out, they've gone above and beyond to get where they need to get because they're putting the work. Yeah. Um, and that, it's like you said, a lot of people think, oh, you know, overnight millionaires, you know, overnight success. Overnight success doesn't happen. These people have been putting in a lot of work mm. um, <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Doing these short films, doing these little snippets here and Cameo there. Roles. 
you know it's not it's not an overnight success this is a, a and long time coming. This friend of mine is a, is not oh he's an associate should I say Samuel Benter. He mm. done a, all about the Mackenzies. They yeah. had a long run on London. Like, was it London Live? Is that the um, ch- TV channel? Yeah. And also on another channel as well b- before London Live picked him up. Okay. And he's worked very hard. I think he done um uh Power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do the movement there, to remember what it was. <laughs> beautiful people are just done like a Power Rangers move there and yeah so there are young young people trying to break through mm. and I guess a bit like the the fellow that done Small Axe the director mm. like there are there was a film that um, we watched the other night it was with Idris Elba in it mm-hmm. it was something about a concrete cowboy or something I mean oh, it wasn't fantastic the young it wasn't, boy in, yeah. It, yeah but he directed that film wow so there are more directors and film people coming together. And this is it, beautiful people. It's about the coming together and making the magic happen. Mm. You know, we, we, we have a platform and now we can, we can enter these small film festivals because more and more of our people are being fully absorbed mm, in a, mm. and interested and getting involved yeah. in a lot of projects so let's start doing a lot more let's start doing these things putting them out there and really voting and and supporting all these wonderful efforts that our people are making mm. so well done um daniel kalua and um wish you every success he's only 32 lily he's 32 right why is that <coughs> no reason <coughs> No reason. Yeah, yeah he's going to right. So he's got a long career ahead of him. Mm. So beautiful people, we will see you in five. And the question that we are putting out to you is, what does it mean to be black enough? Stay there. We'll be back after these. My name's Phil. My name's John. I'm 19 years old. I'm 19 too. I've got leukemia. I've got leukemia. Chemotherapy didn't work on me, nor did radiotherapy. They didn't work for me either. So now, a bone marrow transplant's my last hope. It's my last hope too. (laughs) They found me a matching donor. They can't find a donor for me. I'm white. I'm black. I'm having a transplant next week that could save my life. There are 24 times more white people than black on the UK Bone Marrow Register. If you're black or mixed race, join the register today. Visit ACLT.org and see how you could be the one to save a life. ACLT, unite to fight leukemia. Rawview Music presents Alicia Banks on Upfront, a seven-track compilation, including the hit Love Has Found Its Way. Love Has Found Its Way. Sultry, clear and upfront. Upfront, now available on iTunes and all major digital platforms. 
Download and stream Love Has Found Its Way and the EP Upfront today at rawvuemusic.com, iTunes, or your preferred online platform. Alicia Banks on Upfront. Upfront. Different, different, different tastes in music. Makes no difference what you like. If you want it, we got it right here. AllFlavorsRadio.com, the number one radio station on the net, reaching 179 countries in the world with the best variety of music. Call us now on 07895134713. That's 07895134713. Okay, so naturally, Lily, yes, uh, 27th of April. Do you know what? I thought it's nearly May. Yeah, in uh, literally like three days. Three days. Yeah, I was scheduling, scheduling up today and I saw the time and I thought, Wow, we are almost halfway through the year and it's only just started, right? Mm -hmm. Time is definitely speeding along. And um, yeah, we had um, a couple of comments in the chat room there. Um, One highlighting when we're speaking about Camden and you speaking on we can we can paint over the mould. Yeah, it doesn't get rid of the problem. Right, but it doesn't get rid of the problem. And um, yeah. So one of the points was there's been two stabbings within 24 hours in Newham. Mm. 14 and 18-year-old, still major issues in London. Wow. Very, very true, John Ken. Very true. And um, also on Daniel, um, that he produced the film Get Out Yeah. as well. I, I can't, I'm finding trouble saying his name, Beautiful People, so we'll just refer to him as Daniel at the moment. <laughs> because, oh... Yeah. So amazing people, amazing things. Yes. It's sad that we're still dealing with this um knife crime, you know, after all of the things that all of the the, the campaigns that people have put mm. together and things like that. But I do think that the issue is when you give people time to do nothing, mm, they find something. They find something. But it's also getting to the root cause mm. of the problem. It's getting to the roots of the issue and not just, like you said, just wallpapering over the cracks. Mm. Getting to the deep-rooted issue. When you've got bindweed in the garden, you've got to dig, that, dig it up. Yeah. And get to the root yeah. of the matter. Otherwise, it's going to consume everything. <clears throat> and sadly, when it comes to this problem that we have, it's funny because I... I can't remember what I was watching something recently and I said this is why a lot of our young boys have the issues because maybe we're not giving them exactly what they need growing up. I don't think it's that. I think it's representation. I do think this is where um, representation is important. In school, in places where they want to see themselves in the future Mm. if you don't see yourself in a place of importance i don't know if that's the right terminology to use Mm. um and people are always telling you and giving you this stereotype of what you're supposed to be then 
like we always say, if you say something loud enough as many times, you're going to start to believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's... As much as the industry of school, the institution of school, does undo many things that we do in the home, yeah. I do think it's important for our young men, our young women, to see themselves represented by those who are educating them. Absolutely. And the thing is, as well... The school system is not designed to nurture, like we said, it doesn't work on the wellness, it doesn't work on the mental health. Mm. It's designed to make soldiers in the it, sense of the workplace. I don't know, I have to yeah. kind of disagree with that. It didn't mm. contribute to the wellness and well-being and mental health. Yeah. However, that has been raised as a big issue, and especially in the current time, yeah. current climate. I know within... Um, our industry and our education because we fall in that bracket of young people education mm. that is one of the major things now that we have to focus on um, but that being said the mm. educator that is yes. giving that information or giving that care and supposed care can that they child see relate to that person yeah, yeah. you know and do you know i'm just going to call out marcus rashford again because mm. he's started another drive oh wow which is amazing and it's getting books to young kids yes in school helping them to read more yeah we might just touch on that subject at some other point but mm. he's out there again for these youngsters mm. and do you know we've looked at D- daniel kalula kalula as well as uh, Marcus Rashford's, mm. as well as all the other young people of excellence doing these amazing things, mm. that surely now we are going to start seeing youngsters looking, having role models to look up to and following in their footsteps, mm, mm. or institutions in the sense of us setting up these organisations and various things that can help our youngsters mm. to grow mm-hmm. into maturity, not with a... And I think that the knife crime, it, it even though it's there, that it is a minority yeah. as well, because it happens in all cultures yes, as well. Yeah. Um, but knowing that there is somewhere else for them to go. Mm. I can't remember what this thing was and what it... Oh, I think it was the... The Idris Elba, mm-hmm. the concrete cowboy, and it was his, the the, the young boy's <clears throat> friend that was going to lead him astray, yeah. and the father that tried to keep him on the straight and narrow, and the community that tried to keep him on the straight and narrow. Mm. So again, it's recognizing who your young young boys, youngsters are hanging out with, mm. and having that time for them. Because the mum just dropped him off and left him. She cried. He was having trouble in school. Mm. You should have recognized from that point that there was a problem. And address the, the, the problem, mm. addressed it, instead of thinking the solution was just dropping him somewhere else with the problems that he carried mm. and not wanting to be in that, that position and that area. I think a lot of the problem is as well, a lot of parents don't, they take out what the, te- they take what the teachers say at face value. Mm. They, they, we've been brought up to not question those people in authority and I think that's part of the problem in the sense that not everything a teacher says to you is going to be accurate no and i want to call them liars but i just i feel like when it comes to our young people mm. i don't know if it's therefore threatened because we tend to speak up more the teacher says on the board one plus one is five and you're like no sir i think you got that wrong you're speaking out in class you're you've got a quick mouth you've got a quick tongue you're being disruptive you're being distracted but the teacher actually got it wrong mm. and 
they a lot of people don't I don't know if it's changing now but many teachers don't like to be told challenged. that they're wrong don't yeah. challenge me I've got my degree in my master's I know what I'm talking about and that is the problem but not the, sorry Lily I cut you no I was just going to say that when that that then transpires to for example parents evening or you getting a call home or you getting a letter sent home or an email because now everything's on an app oh your child got put in time out or sent to detention okay but why did my child get time out mm. because they punched another student in the face okay why did they punch that student in the face okay what did, what did that child do to you oh he was pinging my bra strap um in class okay so what did you do with the other child is he's getting suspended too yeah and parents need to know that you need to ask more questions mm, sometimes because mm, mm. especially with our young boys it just automatically you're being suspended but yeah. for what reason because a lot of them a lot of teachers can't handle mm. and again going back to the black excellence a lot of our young boys are very very clever mm-hmm. a lot of them that you're not giving me enough work to yeah. like marge was so marge would sit down and finish the work yeah because he was so advanced yeah that the teacher couldn't keep up and a lot of teachers <laughs> something i learned in a um this thing i'm doing is that a lot of teachers have no experience mm. in what they're teaching they they've got the theory of it yeah. and can teach you like one plus one is five mm. but um you know they, they don't have the experience in teaching and that is where the problem lies mm. but we're talking about this next point is what does it mean to be black enough and it's in line with this article that Keenan Malik wrote. Um, Keenan Malik, he's a reporter, um, he's a, a writer, a lecturer, a broadcaster, and he writes for the Guardian newspaper. And he wrote, is Luther, we're talking about Idris, F., um, Idris Elba um, here at the moment, is Luther not black enough if he doesn't eat jerk chicken? So, we're not talking about Idris Elba, we're talking about Idris Elba's Wrong. TV character that he okay. created. Right. So Luther isn't black because he, he doesn't eat jerk chicken. Okay, so it says, so what? What does jerk chicken have to do? It's a bit like them saying that black people love to eat watermelon or chicken back in slavery times when they used to do the cartoons. Oh do you know what God. I mean? Like, what is the correlation there? And not to be funny, but jerk chicken only relates to a certain type of black people. Jerk chicken is more relative to Jamaicans. Yeah. Luther is... UK okay is he African in the the program I'm sure he's he's British yeah but I'm sure he's of African descent yeah so already you've got it wrong there that that sentence in itself just (laughs) is stupid black does not mean jerk chicken no it doesn't so it says criticism of Idris Elba's TV character highlights a growing division between identity and perceived authenticity now the Mm. thing is yeah it's quite funny when I'm watching Luther as a female, black female, mm-hmm. I love it. I just love to see a black male on the Do on the you? screen. Well, I just love to see Idris. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> enough for me. Like, oh, well, and he's a detective and he's so um, amazing in the fact that he can solve this crime. Although his character, they do give him a bit of a sinister side. He's not so clean cut. No, but it's, it's not... I don't think that... I'm not... 
see this is where these these this is where the others because we now relate to them as the others mm. this is where the others pick and choose when they want to call us black and how they want us to relate to our blackness so because luther is aggressive and he don't take rubbish and he breaks the rules and he does what he wants mm. that side of him is black but luther don't eat jerk chicken so he's not black enough it's confusing confusing message and i never like you said it equated jerk chicken with black people anyway or jamaicans yeah but they didn't say he's not Jamaican enough. They said, "Is he black is enough?" Is Luther not black enough? Yeah. If he doesn't eat jerk chicken, mm, mm. for many years I didn't eat jerk chicken. Does that mean I'm not black? Mm. Maybe he doesn't like pepper. <laughs> he's not black because he doesn't like pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to laugh at these things. Mm. Well, it says that um, oh you know Zora's, Nora's, Zora Neale Hurston that she wrote The Seraph and the Swanee. Okay, I looked into this book. I really want to get this one. And it was about, it was speaking about white Southerners mm-hmm. that spoke as if they were black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, they, they, she only thought that her culture, cultural people spoke in that way, was these, these what, Southerners. Is she black? Yeah, okay, so, so yeah. Hurston, she's so a she's, black writer. Okay, right. And uh, she wrote some really great books, like, uh, what's one of the ones, oh, um, I've read, read this one, I'll, I'll, it will come to me in a moment, I can see the front of the cover, mm-hmm. but I can't remember um, what it is, and Why Does a Cage Bird Sing? No, it's not that one, it's a, another one, um, but yeah, she, so she said that she thought that these white Dixie countryfied um white folk were copying the black people mm. when in fact that was the way that they spoke mm. yeah so she was speaking um what this guy malik is highlighting is authenticity and identity as regards to being a black person mm. yeah because we know we like white folk there's one person in particular that you'd think that if you heard him and you weren't looking that he was a black person who luther no 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 a friend of ours oh yeah that when he speaks, you think, oh, he's, and he loves all the black culture, he loves all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but we're, yeah, you're right here, we're speaking about Luther, is he not black enough because of whatever reasons? I mean, I think that he is, personally. I don't, to, to be honest, I don't even think this merits a conversation, but mm. what she makes the point here about the fact that the poor whites um, that she's speaking about were they speaking black? No, that's just because of the environment that they were raised yeah. in. The same like with Luther, he is black British. So he's been raised in a Cockney area. Um, I think he's been brought up in East London and he works with the Met Police. Do mm. you really think he's going to go in there talking about his jerk chicken, rice and peas and boiled yam on the weekend? No, he's going to blend into his environment, which is what most people do of colour that go into a more predominantly non-black work environment, they adapt, they blend, yeah. they... I know a lot of people think, oh, you're whiting up, you're losing your yourself, you're um, a sellout, you're a bounty, mm. coconut. Let me explain something to you. When we are in these environments, if we gave them full-on blackness, we're going to speak yeah. frank yeah if we gave them full-on blackness 
we would always be called up about our behaviour. Not because there's anything wrong with our beautiful blackness, but because they do not understand yeah. our blackness. Yeah. So when we enter into the workplace, there is a certain... And I had this conversation with someone the other day. There was a certain way that you must carry yourself. You're not whiting up yourself for no one. You might answer the phone, oh, I didn't realise it. Oh, I didn't, oh. you answer the phone like a white person. No, I don't answer the phone like a white person. I just speak correct. Yeah. That's what it is. But, but do black people not speak correct then? It's No, it's because they want to hear the you get me's and okay. the, all that nonsense that they think that we speak yeah. and a bit of yard, a bit of, you know, that's what they think that we speak like. Mm. But... No, if we've been raised in this country and educated in this country, we're most of the time, yeah, be of this this culture, this nature, because this guy uh, or this woman, uh, the head of diversity, Miranda Wayland, mm-hmm. she said she thinks Id- Idris Elba's lead character is not authentic, and this is the reason that she gives, because he don't eat, as he does not eat Caribbean food or have black friends. <laughs> Whether a Luther sharing jerk chicken with black buddies would have more authentic. Is, is moot, but defining authenticity through trivial marks of identity is it in itself a mark of our times. And that's so true. Like, how can you... How Yes, Lily. Can I ask a question? Yeah. If Luther was raised in Ireland yeah. and spoke with an Irish accent where there are very, very few black people, does that make him non... not authentically black? If he was... That's where he was raised... In Ireland, with Irish people, with mm. Irish accent, eating, I can't remember what the, the Irish people eat, but eating their traditional food, mm. does that mean he's not black enough? And this thing about him eating jerk chicken, he's not Jamaican. Yeah. Or it says he doesn't have black buddies, but then he's so busy in the programme that he ain't got time he ain't for got friends. No friends. <laughs> yes, and his he- wife left, his wife was black. Mm. So does that mean because she left him, he's not black <laughs> enough? Oh, please, I can't deal. It's just, it just makes absolutely no sense. And no this, sense at all. You know, this was written in the Guardian newspaper, okay? And this, this Miranda, what's her name, Watkiss? Or Miranda Wayland, how could she make such a sweeping statement? Because that's not what makes up a black person. And it, we're not defined by the food that we eat. And it just goes to show she has no clue of what authentic black people are. Because you said Caribbean food, but what if it was Ghanaian and he wanted yeah. to eat wache or, or jollof rice mm. or, or, or pepper stew and fufu? You didn't say that. You said Caribbean food. Every black person in the UK is not Caribbean. Yeah. And Caribbeans eat loads of different types of food. We um, eat jerk chicken, we eat curry goat, we eat cow foot you never put cow foot in there yeah do you see what i mean so it just shows how could you imagine if they wrote cow foot they'd, 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 they'd be oh. or tr- well they eat tripe so that's one thing that's kind of simple because they'll eat tripe english people yeah. well is it the irish i no, can't remember, but eat haggis right haggis like Sheep's you know belly. but like it, it that doesn't define a culture and that like you rightfully said is a Jamaican culture as opposed to British because we I define myself as UK black we spoke about this um, the other day about are we English right we Mm. spoke about this and that we're not defined as that we're defined as British but UK because we're born here but this is why we'll not own it for this reason right here Mm. this is reason why I will not own it if the white people can't tell us apart and they just say you're all Caribbean Mm. 
then why am I owning the bridge? Why? Why would I want to be associated with someone who cannot tell the difference between a... Okay, you can't tell the difference between a Jamaican and, a, and, and someone from Trinidad. Yeah. But you can't even tell the difference between a, a Caribbean and an African. Because you they... have not even defined that. They just see that. the colour. And that, that is the, the, the sad thing is that they just see what's on the outside, the colour. And even we're all, mm. all different shades anyway, mm. regardless. And that doesn't matter what shade of um, black person we are because we are just all... And even using the terminology black, we've, we've spoken about this. Pele says it reminds me of the Jay-Z tune OJ. It doesn't matter. We're still going to be who we are, which black and, which black and black is beautiful. Yep let's be who we are mm-hmm. and that is so true it is about being who we are not what we think people want to define us as and this is why we threw this question out there this was um a column in the newspaper the obs the guardian guardian okay and even to give it weight to to write something like this but it's adding to the it's now adding to the ignorance of the others because they're the ones that read the we don't read the guardian do you read the guardian i don't read the guardian so it's those type of people that are going to be read the reading the guardian that think oh so the caribbeans they eat jerk chicken okay so he doesn't eat jerk chicken so he's not black enough wow wow so beautiful people it is we are who we are and however people want to define us, it this is why I think that the race issue will always be there because they don't take time out to understand who we are. Yeah, and I think it's important. Most of all, it doesn't matter about them and them. Was it the others? The others. It's really how we see ourselves. And so I know black people that don't even eat chicken, that don't even eat meat. They're vegan. Yeah, they're vegan, vegan or vegetarian. So what? So what then? They're not yeah. black enough. So they're not black enough if they don't eat jerk chicken. Well, no, that's such a that that's poor. <laughs> I'm just like I, I'm like dumbfounded just to to even think of it. But Malik mentions that the conversation on race is just getting started. The Guardian sees its role as to amplify it. To investigate injustice. Listen to people from all communities tell their stories. We recently appointed two community affairs correspondents to do just that. So that people from all backgrounds are heard. And the first draft of history is universal, not selective. Well, when it comes to that history, they've whitewashed that anyway. And even recently, one of the... One of the... Let me find it. It was a... A museum that had a lot of African history books, mm-hmm. it burnt to the ground. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, very, very recently. Because we know that we want to dig and we want to find out more about ourselves, more about our history. And because of that, yeah, it did conveniently burn down. It was the African Studies um, section, and it was just a section of the library, of UT- UCT's main library. It was on fire. And this is some of the oldest and rarest books about Africa were stored there. Yeah. And it burnt. Yeah. And all the books inside of it burnt. Yeah. How convenient. So this is a sad day for the country, for Africa and the world, because the Africa Studies section of UCT's main library. But it's not a sad day for section. Africa because Africans know who they are. And this this is where it gets so upsetting when it, we start talking about, you know, racism in this country and in America and the... BAME community mm. because we've all been flung in this 
bucket and um who is it oh gets says it in one of his songs that we're all crabs in a barrel like all fighting to get out of the barrel at the same time stepping on one another because of silly articles like this oh mm. you're not black enough because you don't eat jerk chicken i said this on a show before that i i don't really like this whole um i've never been involved in this whole black versus white yeah. business um and I said it to my husband the other day, I was like, I don't like who this is making me. Being involved in all of this BAME stuff, mm. and um, we've just changed the name at work now, it's called ED&I, um, Equality, Diversity and Inclusion, because it's just, everybody should be on the same playing field, and yeah. we know that we're not, for whatever reason. Um, but... Do, <laughs> Does this make us question who we are? And that's the problem. Do. But it does. Because Why? then you because you would look at an article like this and someone who may be having an identity identity crisis, who was originally really comfortable with themselves but doesn't like their traditional food, is now questioning, oh, I'm not authentic. I'm not myself. I'm not who I should be because mm. I don't eat my traditional food because I don't like it. Mm. Mm. And it's not... That is no one else's place for you, for them to say to you, you're not black enough because you can't take a bit of pepper. You're mm. not black enough because oh, you don't you don't like super malt. You're not black enough because you can't eat chicken foot soup. I don't like super malt and I don't eat chicken foot soup. You're not black enough then. <laughs> well, it's about loving who you are. As Pele said, it's about loving who we are. And at the end of the day, no person who is not of our heritage this what was her name again i've got to find it miranda wayland <laughs> who says about being authentic what does it mean to be authentically black but it's like when they told us that we don't make jerk chicken properly who told us that we don't we make did, jerk it was it was on the bbc and i remember this because yesterday they said the others said that the way that we... Because we made this big uproar about the jerk rice. That I was just about to say, what does made. Jamie Oliver... Does Jamie Oliver make um, authentic jerk jerk food then? He made jerk... Jerk rice, people. <laughs> jerk rice. Yes, I said jerk rice. And then someone from that community had the gumption to say on national television, well, the way that they make it anyway, it's not really authentic. Mm. Really? Excuse me? Who's telling you what's authentic? A bit like Marco Pierre White then, with the rice and peas. With green peas. Oh, please, I can't. Like, <laughs> what's authentic? So you know what's authentic. I was sitting at the restaurant the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that on a menu. There was supposed to be a Caribbean restaurant. And they were selling rice and peas with green peas. Yeah. Maybe that's their take on it. No, that's unacceptable. Well, we can't say it's no, unacceptable, Lily. We can say it's unacceptable. Not if they're selling it as an, 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 an non-authentic dish. But they yes. was trying to sell it as an authentic dish. Rice and peas. When I saw that video, even the young child that, that I saw um, watched it, she says, what, what, what foolishness is this? She was a young child. She was about 10 years old. But then they're telling us about being authentic. And still, I remember we went to Cornwall and because we went for... Uh, to celebrate a celebration with my niece mm. and we cooked up the jerk chicken and mm. they loved it oh what's the recipe and I, I went close to the woman's woman's face and I said I tapped my nose twice <laughs> I 
laughing them for context. Because, yeah, we like to give away our no. things too much as well. So what is authentic? And then they'll turn around and tell you that you're not cooking your own traditional food the proper way. What Who is told that? you that? Well, Mr. El- Mr. Elba produced Concrete Cowboy. Yes, John Ken. And it says the boy felt he was not wanted by his father and unwanted by the way he was treated by his mother mm. in the film. But um, yeah, so what does it mean to be black enough, beautiful people? Let us know. 07895 That's 07895 Lily, we've come very close to the end of the evening, haven't we? Mm. You know, and I mean, some of these topics, sometimes we have to highlight and speak about them. Mm, this mm. was written last week, this one, because we were going to tackle this um, conversation last week. And it's just the fact of it's how we are seen by others. Mm. And it's funny because Maverick um, today said that there was a march at the start end. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, lockdown I didn't hear march. about it. Lockdown march. What's, what was that in regards to? I don't to? know. End lockdown or something. It was all over um, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, oh my. <laughs> so, like, the thing is, what he said, it was very peaceful. There were teachers there. Mm. There were nurses there. There were all sorts of people there. Mm. And they tried to lock it down. But we got to remember, by them doing, by us not being allowed to do these things, our freedom of speech is being taken away from us. Our freedoms are being taken away from us. And we're so unaware of what's really, really going on underneath everything else. We've got to be aware. So when, when we see things like this... And these people saying or telling us who we should be, it's really a matter of remembering who we are, looking back at our ancestors, looking back, looking back in order to look forward Mm -hmm. and knowing that we have come from greatness and we need to be very, very proud of who we who we are Mm. at the end of the day, because no one can tell us that we're not authentic and we were born into this. It's our birthright. Okay, just put the put the right name on the on your CV and job application, and you'll see how authentic you are. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll be quick to to filter out the adewale. Yeah, yeah. And this is why these young youngsters are so important as well. So that these young young kids coming up, that they have good role models to look mm. up to as well as us as parents, mm. being good role models. Because even though, like, I'm going to go back to talk about Luther, even though he's not the most ideal person to see on television, the creator, El- Elba, has made, was it five series now? Mm. And that is showing a young person, he is a man of many talents. He can act, he can produce, he can direct, he's a DJ, you know, he's an all-round entrepreneur that is someone that you can look up to and think do you know what he came from Hackney I can do it as well Mm. and that is the kind of we don't yes you look at the characters that are are portrayed on the television but then seeing that it wasn't made by one of the others it was actually made by someone like me which which means someone like me can produce and direct too yeah and we need to forget about about what the nonsense that comes out of some of these people's mouths. If that's what Ed Edris wanted to put on television, that's what he wanted to put on television. He's making his money from it. Enough people are watching it. Enough people are hooked on it that we're waiting mm. for the next season. Who cares whether he eats jerk chicken or not? I don't. And the thing is, that's the point that you made, that he wrote the character. Mm. is a character. is non-fictional. 
anyway mm. and he's a black person within the the police force mm. and he's looked down upon so that's another you could take it from that exactly. angle couldn't you that, that, makes him that they're not treated right yeah. within the the force mm-hmm. and this the brother logan that um john boyega played in that small axe mm-hmm. and the changes that he had to go through within the police force mm. likewise with Lufa so that's very authentic yeah. in the sense that if you're coming uh, at coming in and you're not of them mm. then you're going to have a fight on your hands mm-hmm. and he did he was fighting against them every step of the way but he was bloody good at his job exactly and this is one thing I've noticed about a lot of the um, black produced films that have come out and I don't know if the Klansman was black produced but even the person that that's based on they all made a change mm. and yes it may be we may think oh it's just we can't make any change or anything I do is just going to be little and insignificant but little goes a long way when enough people do it enough times yeah so regardless of you know yes we want our children to do well in school yes we want our children to aspire to be great but instilling those little and often um gems in them the self-worth the 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 amount of young black females that i come across that are so hate they just doubt themselves so much Mm, mm. and it's because of people like that who write articles like that that make us think we have to fit into an aesthetic, we have to fit into a certain way to look, a certain way to talk, a certain way to walk, to be able to get anywhere. Mm. And that's not coming just from them, that's coming from people within ourselves. ourselves. And I was going to say that, you know, when you spoke about the the bucket of crabs, Mm. normally with the crab, when one tries to climb down, another one will drag it back down into the whole... Um, bucket bucket, again so whoever tries to climb up they'd always drag them back down Mm. and this is something that we don't we do not want to do Mm. in a sense of if we we see someone we've spoken of um, Daniel Kalua we've spoken of Black Excellence of the three young um, children last week Um, we've spoken on Black Excellence all the time Mm. so it's a matter of us supporting 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 Mm. that's one thing I'd like to say to you beautiful people thank you for your support Mm. Um, coming to All Flavours Radio every week every week Mm. you're there supporting us and we really do appreciate your support because it it helps us to continue Mm. and it helps us to grow in order to reach for a further reach in order for us to have something that's for us and by us mm. we say that thank you to george flavors too in the sense of setting something like this up mm. and us being able to have the voice in order to have further reach mm. and that's how it is so we support one another in order to grow we support each other and we're not going to be like those crabs dragging each other down mm. because of because of what because we don't we don't want someone to climb higher (laughs) but that person climbing higher can be at the top then help you get out of that rut Mm. you see so this is how we got to look look at things yes it's great having a perspective on a matter but we have to look at things from other people's perspectives yeah as well it's very it's vital that we do that so Mm. well done to everyone that is striving to better themselves striving to support others in what they're doing mm-hmm. and really let's grow let's grow because it's there we've seen it and oscar hmm. oscar 32 year old 
Oscar. So that's that's fantastic. So what is what's saying in the ten X rule, Lily? Well, I think we should uh, play one song and then come back to the ten X rule. Yeah. Do you want to play a song? Yeah. Okay then. We'll we'll play one one track for you, and then we will um, be back after the break. See you in five. And yes, indeed, we are everyday people. Sounds of arrested development there. That's such a big tune, isn't it, Lily? <laughs> we love arrested development from back in, I don't even, I can't remember what year that was, probably the noughties. Was it the noughties? No, 90s. Before 90s. Yeah. Wow. See, the years have gone by. They go by very, very quickly, as is this year too. So, Lily, what's happening when it comes to the 10X rule? So, Mr. Grant Cardo, we are on the rule number 10. Yeah. Create wealth. Okay. Attitude towards wealth is an especially significant is an especially significant distinction between the financially successful and the unsuccessful. Poor people believe they need to work in order to make money and then spend their lives either spending it on nothing of importance or conserving it like crazy in order to protect it. They, oh, the very successful know that money is already created. They think of it, think in terms of generating wealth through the exchange of new ideas, products, services and solutions. Mm-hmm. The very successful realize that they're not bound by shortage. They know that money exists in abundance and flows to those who create products, services, and solutions, and that wealth is not limited to a monetary supply. Mm. The closer you are to the massive flow of money, is be- the better. Char- oh, sorry, the better chance you have of creating wealth uh, for your own endeavors. So obviously, the ten X rule is a book that is there to kind of help. Build wealth mentally, physically, and monetary wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like sometimes, as a lot of people in our community are raised to believe, you know, um, don't stretch for riches and, you know, that kind of jazz, which, yes, I agree with. Um, but sometimes we have to, we've spoken about this before when we've spoken about generational curses mm. that also comes on the back end of um, building generational wealth for our young ones, um, which is something that within our community we haven't really had the opportunity to do maybe. But what I love about that, when we've, um, in line with what we've been speaking tonight, when we look at people like... Idris, when exactly. we look at people like Daniel Kalua, mm-hmm. that these men they've started, like you said, Hackney Boy, yeah, Camden Boy, yeah, to to Hollywood. Mm. So they've they've had to they've possibly had to spend in order to achieve certain attributes and quali- not qualifications but to accolades, accolades yeah. to get them where they've 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 gotten. Mm. But now they too now can build upon that. And that is exactly what they're doing. As John Ken said, Daniel, it, he was the one that wrote Get Out. Mm. Um, as well as Idris, who has a hand in writing a lot of different things. Mm. Luther, um, for instance, which went on to be quite fully acclaimed, that one, wasn't it? Luther. Yeah. Uh, it's cult series as well, yeah. which means that that's going to be around for many, many years to come. Mm. 
So on the back of that, that is where the wealth comes. Yeah. And instilling it, the wealth is instilling it into the next generation. Right. And it's not mm. just... And then we look at people like Marcus Rashford, who yes. is using his wealth to make his voice heard, mm. even though people don't want to hear his voice. Yeah. He's making his voice heard so that he can put things in place for his community. Beautiful. And... um we need to, you know, consider our community. We need to think, is there something, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be with our wealth, but is there knowledge that we can share? Is there, um, you know, different things, skills that we have that we can share amongst ourselves? Mm. We always talk about educating our young ones. Um, are we involved in that education? Yeah. So seeing how we can support our community in that way it doesn't always have to be the physical money but yeah. you know there is wealth in loads of different areas that we can we can contribute and amongst all of us is wealth that we we have it to give so come on beautiful people let's do this and let's build on what we have let's not be a crab in a bucket mm. trying to drag down but let's be something more than that mm. and building building upon what we already have as a community so um, thank you so much, beautiful people, for choosing all flavours. Please check out the schedule. Tomorrow we have uh, Darnell, the therapist, who will be on from 9 to 11, as well as Charlie Muir, who is, I've said that backwards, <laughs> that's for the wellness show, and Charlie Muir, who does a general disarray show at 7 till 9, as well as the other DJs. Um, we have DJs throughout the week. I think Caddy and Ninja Man Lloyd, as well as DJ Slim, will be on on Thursday. And Friday night we have um, DJ Cry Centric and DJ Laro for the Midnight Blues or Late Night Blues, should I say? Um, George Flavors and Nige on a Saturday night, as well as a nice collective of DJs, John J E with the Gospel Experience, um, George Flavors, DJ Laro, Mark Philogene. Um, DJ Nige and DJ Ninja Man Lloyd who are on Over the Star 10 so I guess uh, thank you so much for joining us and all we have really left to say is we'll see, see y'all on, on the, the other, other side. side take care beautiful people mm -hmm.